I want to get to this education story at the MacIver Institute. Um, a terrific story, actually, and depressing simultaneously. Not that anything about American education is not depressing, and Wisconsin's no better. Uh, Ola Lasowski, she's one of my people. And by people, I mean <laughs> from the home country. How <laughs> you doing, Ola? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. So you, can't, you can't marry out of that name. You're just no. not allowed to. <laughs> It's got to be high. See, your, your name will be Jones, Lasowski Jones. No, <laughs> I love your last name just because, you know, you're one of my people. Uh, well, thank you. From the MacGyver Institute, uh, it's put out the MacGyver Institute's uh, education report card. And that's what we're talking about here today. The first thing I want to start out talking about is the failing schools. And we'll get to the ACT stuff here. Mm-hmm. Help me understand Ola, mm-hmm. how the worst school district in Wisconsin, in fact, it's actually consistently in the top five awful school districts in America, the Milwaukee School District, mm-hmm. is not a failing school district, according to Wisconsin's education report card. Yeah, so for us, we call that a pretty perfect case of educrat math or Madison math. Um, you know, the, the fact that there are tens of thousands of, of students uh, attending those schools there at MPS um, that are just continually underserved. There's more than one school in which zero kids are proficient in English or math. And yet somehow last year when the report cards came out, MPS was spared and was no longer considered a failing school district. Um, to us, it just, it just doesn't make sense at all. It's, it's something that, you know, probably the bureaucrats are wishing away a little bit. Um, but ultimately, it's not fair. It's not fair to those families, to those kids, to those parents who are told, oh, yeah, your school's fine, when in reality, we know that's just not true. I'm looking at the numbers on MPS. And MPS... This is the state's largest district. This is uh, Milwaukee. It's according to your article here. Students perform worse than the state average in every subject. Mm -hmm. On the forward exam, just 19.7% of MPS students achieve proficiency in English. And just 14.9% achieved proficiency in math. Barely under 20% in English. So, 80% of students not proficient in English and MPS, and 85% of students in MPS not proficient in math, but it's not a failing school system. Yeah, okay. it's uh, it's troubling to say the least, and that's probably one of the more gentle words. You yeah, can and use but to, you didn't cut this. This is an MPS achievement gap compared to Wisconsin, but if you break it down by race, it's even more alarming and awful. So, I mean, think about it that way, too. Let me look at, um, well, actually, you actually did break it down. Uh, You have 7.5% of black students in MPS proficient in math. And I don't see the number here for English, but 7.5% proficient in math. Uh, That's Madison numbers, by the way, are not any better than this. Um, Overall, uh, you've got. 50% 50% being the very best proficiency rating across schools in the whole state. Mm-hmm. And that is only ranked 50%, 50.1% in science. Everything else is below 50%. How is the entire state of Wisconsin system not failing? That is a great question. I mean, the fact that you can talk about the five failing school districts that we've got, uh, you know, of course, like you said, MPS is not technically considered one of them, so we're still kind of scratching our head at that one. But if you look at just schools, we're talking 99 failing schools with more than 52,000 kids. I mean, this is a serious issue. 
And it is a serious issue that nobody actually is taking as a serious issue because we had the opportunity to seize control of some flexibility that the federal government does not often grant, but granted the state of Wisconsin. And Tony Evers is sitting on that flexibility and the legislature doesn't seem that interested in forcing his hand to improve conditions on the ground. These are um, these are Wisconsin kids. Yeah. And we'll get to the ACT in a second, but no wonder so many Wisconsin kids ne- need remediation when they get to college. Even coming out of college, I mean even these college ready kids need remediation. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. No, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, you kind of touched on this, but the Opportunity Schools and Partnership Program, that was a big issue both last summer mm-hmm. and the summer before that when they passed that into law. And the hope there was they could really do something bold and reform-minded and different for these kids who are just in these failing schools year after year after year. And, you know, after a long, long summer last year of pretty much no interest, from any of the local leaders, the commissioner resigned, and that situation has just kind of sat there. Now, for Racine, in the budget that the Joint Finance Committee just passed last week, it looks like the Racine Unified School District will actually get a pass at that same program. So if they're still considered failing on the report cards that come out in November, uh, as long as they kind of fix up some requirements there, they will still get a one-year-long pass before they actually have to do anything new. Yeah, and that's so, and that's Racine is actually technically failing. Milwaukee's not, but Racine's still going to get a pass. Right. Well, Milwaukee, or Madison has got um, in eighth grade numbers about seven and a half or eight and a half percent in English and math, respectively, for black students in Madison schools, and they're never even considered in the conversation about school districts that are that are performing poorly um, right. or school districts with very very high achievement gaps. Um, right. And yet, in this new budget, there's 693 million more dollars set aside for educational funding. In you mentioned Racine. Racine is going to be the recipient of laptop computers for all the kids because that's the <laughs> that's the answer to you know between success and failure apparently is free laptops for all. Yep. This is nine million dollars I, I am budget for laptops for every freshman in the state, regardless of whether or not that family would have been able to afford it on their own. And that's of course I mean, the end all be yeah. all of, of now let's get to um, the ACT. Wisconsin's ACT is awful. Um, it is now to, 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 and I'm going to say this and this is not an excuse for Wisconsin, but to be fair, it's not necessarily an apples to apples comparison across states because some states don't let, don't, don't have all kids taking the ACT, but in, in Wisconsin we do, but we don't. We don't, but Most we don't break. Don't have all students do them, right? So we don't break down though the students taking the ACT, which is poor. I mean, it's 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 um the the overall ACT for Wisconsin's twenty point five out of thirty six points. That's awful. Yeah. But we don't. What I'd like to see, Ola, is what does it look like when you break out the kids who are college ready, mm-hmm. and what do their ACT scores look like? Yeah. And how and, and the kids who aren't college ready, what do their ACT scores look like? Because my sense is the college ready kids aren't going to look that good on this test either. Yeah. So, you know, you had mentioned that, and I actually did go back and look at some more of the numbers to see if the ACT did break out those numbers at all. Um, and what I can tell you, they have kids when they're taking this test, they self-identify as to whether or not they're interested in, you know, more education down the road. And then they pair those answers uh, with their final scores. So 
unfortunately, we're not really seeing what we want to see out of kids who said they want to get a bachelor's degree. That average score is 20.9. It's just a little bit higher. Yeah, it's just a little bit higher than than the state average, including all of those kids. Of kids who want a professional degree, it only goes up to 23.6. So, you know, these are still pretty bad numbers. And like you said, to our credit, we are one of 17 states that does test all students. And of those 17 states, testing 100% of our students, we actually have the third highest score. So it's it's kind of crazy uh, when you think yeah, about it that way. That's not um, very good. But, but exactly, these kids are we, just, they're graduating out and they're not prepared. It just means some other school districts in, in, the state, in the United States are worse. That's all that means. It doesn't mean we're any better. Um, $693 million. What is the money going to? I mean, what is there significant reform attached to $693 million? $693 million. That's almost three quarters of a billion dollars. More money going into K-12 education. What are we getting for it? So... I gotta correct you there just first. It's six hundred thirty-nine. I'm sorry. Not six hundred three. That's okay. okay. You My just bad. In there. Easy to do. We're we're talking a lot of numbers here. So the biggest chunk of that, uh, just over five hundred million dollars. That's what Governor Walker proposed in just per pupil categorical aid. So that'll be um, outside of most limits. Pretty much every school district will be able to get two hundred dollars more per kid in the first year. And then another 204 on top of that in the second year. Uh, when this budget was first originally introduced all the way back in February, if, <laughs> if memory serves correctly, part of that money was tied towards those school districts certifying to the state that they meet Act 10 standards. Unfortunately, that was kind of stripped out. There wasn't a whole lot of appetite for that. But what we will see for the first time is that school districts will be reporting those numbers. So for the first time, we'll have an idea of how much Act 10 has saved taxpayers statewide. Yeah, we already um, had that so from we already had that from the I Save with Act 10 website. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, boy, that I guess that might be somebody's definition of bold, you know, in fantasy land. But that does not yeah. sound like bold to me, Ola. Yeah, unfortunately not. Um, The next thing, you know, the big change was, I think I talked to you about this a couple months ago. They're increasing the low revenue adjustment. So those are those limits on certain low spending school districts. What that means is they'll now be able to raise taxes on themselves, uh, to raise property taxes on themselves and be able to spend a little bit more per kid. Um, You know, from a taxpayer's perspective, that's going to be 23 more million dollars statewide. Uh, that's going to enter the game. But it is something that the Assembly fought really, really hard for earlier this summer. Uh, the Senate picked up that idea and they ran with it. So that'll be one other change. Go to, uh, go to the McIver Institute's website at McIverInstitute.com for more on this. Uh, read it and weep. Ola Lazowski, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Vicki. Got to take a quick break. I will be right back.